have reached your destination. Welcome, everybody, to the Red Hot Chili Prepper podcast. This is episode number 36. I'm Suzanne Sherman, Jeff Johnson, joining me in our cyber studio here, producer, co-host, and amazing friend. Today, we're going to talk about being prepared when you have very limited space available to you. Last week, I was away at an outdoor skills gathering, and as soon as I rolled into camp, two girlfriends who drove up from Arizona said, we were listening to your show. You talked about this prepping with limited space, and then you never really got into it. You never finished. So I said, okay, when we get back, we will get right to it. So Dulce and Jeannie, this show is for you. We're dedicating an entire show to this. I think it's something we should have done a while ago. It's a really important topic. We've talked about uh, preparing on a limited budget. We're going to incorporate that conversation in there. If you're listening live on Facebook, we broadcast from the Suzanne Sherman's Wasatch Report radio show page that has a larger audience. Help us grow the Red Hot Chili Prepper too. Red Hot Chili, C-H-I-L-L-Y, Prepper. Follow that page. We'll start broadcasting there. I'd love to do some exclusive uh, shows just on that page. So we'd really appreciate it. And if you are listening, say hello. We love knowing who's out there. If you can't listen live, fear not, please go ahead. Check us out on Anchor FM. If you are listening live, please play that one as well because we get monetized. If they play that app and they know we've played it, I'm sorry, the advertisement. That's how we get paid, and it doesn't cost you anything. We keep the show family-friendly, work-friendly. Anybody can hear this, and the more people that hear it, the better it is. We cannot rely on the tech algorithms to get the word out. We require listener support. You guys have to share. Talk about it. It was really cool when I was away last week when so many people were talking about the show and asking me about it. And uh, it was really nice to know how many people really were paying attention. Jeff, I think you would have been really happy to hear all that. You can also support the show on Anchor for as little as 99 cents a month. Uh, $4.99 is great. You can even go more if you want. People pay a lot more for corporate media that doesn't give you the truth and isn't very helpful. So please give us a chance. And uh, for, less than a cup of, uh, for less than a cup of really crappy coffee, you can support our show, uh, you know, and do a monthly donation. And so that's on Anchor FM. And from there, they launch to the Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, and so on and so forth. SuzanneCSherman.com, go there. I'm going to be requesting, um, I'm going to be referring to, I should say, to quite a few of the blogs that are in there on preparedness. And then at the end of this show this weekend, I'm going to tie this all together, link the relevant uh, blogs, link some products that you might enjoy and uh, tie it all together. So it's, it's a difficult topic to present and be very organized, even though I advocate being organized, it's hard to cover everything in a 40, you know, 30 to 40 minute show. SuzanneCSherman.com is my website. Again, there is a suggested reading page, some great reading material with Amazon affiliates. If you buy those, it costs you nothing extra and that will get to us as well. And uh, speaking of suggested reading, the Lost Frontier Handbook, physical copy is out, delighted with how many people have bought it, uh, sending it to me, send me a return shipping label, I will sign it and get it back to you. If you have any questions with regards to delivery, when it's coming, support at lostfrontierhandbook.com. 
com and they will get back to you if you still have any issues don't hesitate to reach out so jeff thank you so much for joining me tonight on a friday evening i'm so glad we were able to work this out it's, it's very different we don't generally do an evening show i think we've done three or four and uh this is a lot of fun and it's just uh an unusual time to have a podcast yep well i'm glad we're doing it let's just get at it you know when we talk about getting prepared food water and shelter and you know we were talking before the show what's really the most important and i think it really, really does come down to is water but for the purposes of this show we're going to start with food because water can be a little bit more problematic to store it takes up a lot more space so we're going to start first with um food you have to prioritize how you're going to do this as anybody knows you can read my blogs the shows we've done on it jeff we did a facebook live of you learning how to pressure can i love to can food i can wild game i can peaches and other things that I grow. When I lived in California, I grew uh, tomatoes and canned those. Once I realized I'm going to run out of freezer space here and I'm tired of wasting them and having, uh, you know, throwing them to my dogs like tennis balls. So yeah, I decided that it's really important to understand how to work with the space you have available. Limited freezer space, I started pressing, pressure canning. The problem is a lot of people live in uh, apartments, condos that don't have a balcony, you don't have a garage, you don't have an external storage area. So we're really focusing on a lot of, um, of the needs that those people have. So if you have all the space in the world, we can still teach you something here on how to optimize that. So if you really love canning, uh, I think uh, you're going to have to prioritize. So rather than canning, a lot of things like uh, jams and things that have a lot of sugar, the fruits and the spreads, maybe focus on canning meats and things with proteins. I like to can ready-made meals, chili, soup, stews, anything like that. So if you're going to take up space, you have some bang for your buck there. You have high calorie, not just empty calories in the form of carbohydrates. Not saying that that's not important in a long-term situation, but if space is limited, you're going to have to pick and choose. Now, I've never done this, but there's something called retort canning. I don't know if you've heard of that, Jeff, but that has a special sealer and you use these thicker mylar bags. You still have to boil and process that food. Again, I've never done it. But what happens, you end up with something that's smaller and more flexible than a canning jar, which as we know are heavy, they take up space, they don't travel well, the seals can break if you try to stack uh, the jars on top of the other. But these are more, I would say a bag, like a bag kind of like this, it's a Mylar bag. And this, this particular one has seeds, but notice the shape, notice how thin this is. We're gonna get back to that later. So there are other ways to do that. Um, you can also freeze dry your food. And then once it's freeze dried, you can maybe vacuum seal it to save up more space. Jeff, I really like to promote healthy eating and not buying processed foods. But let's face it, not everybody can have a refrigerator or a freezer full of food that you're going to prepare yourself. So here we go. This right here. And if you're on a budget also, this is just a side dish of pasta. It's dried. You just add water or some butter if you want. And here's another one, cornbread and muffin mix. Sometimes when I see these on sale at the big stores, here's another one, 
prepared biscuit mix. Do I eat this food on a regular basis? Absolutely not. Is this easy to store? Yes. What is the benefit to this over, say, canning jars and having your other stuff in your pantry? It's easy to store. And we're going to talk about some places where you can store this that you might not have thought about it. You've got to get creative if you have limited space. Jeff, comments so far. Well, I know our friend Andrew has a small house, and so he is going to benefit from this. And I know that you had some folks that uh, said they wanted to know some uh, some tips on maximizing space. So I'm not going to get into that right now because I know we're going to do that. But uh, you are right. Some of those bag things, there's all, there's all kinds of rices. You know, there's mm -hmm. those Uncle Ben rices, and they're not even dried. And they last for a long time. So you could get those rices. I'm going to tell you what we eat a lot of. Uh, have you seen those brown boxes that Idaho mashed potato is just dry? Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen those? Yeah. Uh, those that actually is pretty. It's tasty. It tastes. It actually tastes like uh, mashed potatoes, and that's unusual for most things that come out of a box or a bag. So we that's something you can buy a big box. Not going to take up a lot of spaces, and and those potatoes aren't going to go bad. Like if you would put fifty pound bag in your closet. You know, some of them are going to start to uh, grow. So there's other ways that you can still get the stuff you need without uh, putting that 50-pound uh, bag of potatoes in your uh, in your closet or, you know, up on top of your deer mount up on the wall, wherever you're going to put it. Um, and, and, you know, just a quick aside, as Andrew is pointing out here, we're skating on thin ice, Jeff. You can't say Uncle Ben anymore. Don't we? No talking syrup and no talking butter. OK, just just a, we got one strike. <laughs> but, you know, all serious, all seriousness. Now, there, there's a benefit to the canning jars that I really like. And they're rodent proof. Nothing's going to chew their way into that. Not the case with these. So if you're going to use these envelopes, I don't care if they're paper or if that, they're that mylar. The rats, the mice, rodents yeah. will get into them. So I'll get into the, what I had said during our our chat before the show. You can get these uh, totes that are probably only four or five inches tall, and they open on both ends. That you could put all those bags in and keep the rodents out. That's the nice thing about those totes, and they're very short. You could probably get at least six of those totes under a bed. They're probably about three feet long. You could probably get six or maybe even eight, depending on if you have a king or a queen. You could get a lot of food under that bed uh, in those totes and keep the, the mice and the rodents out. I have had plenty of those under the bed. And you know what I used to store under those when the kids were little? Legos. <laughs> so, yes, it's a great way to store a lot of stuff. And there's nothing wrong with stocking up on Legos. That's a great way to keep people uh, occupied. So you have a limited space. Think about what you have. It might be really difficult to store all the protein you need, all the different kind of meats. You can get yourself just any kind. There are so many out there of the protein powders. Just a pick, pick the kind that works for you. Micronutrients. Don't forget about that. You can try to store all the greens that you want or dehydrate them or whatever. Or if you know you're going to be in a pickle for a while, I have two of these big jars this one, again, none of these are advertisers for the show, <clears throat> unless they want to be uh, Vibrant Health. This is Green Vibrance. I don't know if you could see that with the light here. But these are just micronutrients. These are powdered greens. 
If times are really tough, you know you can't get to the store for a while, keep up on this, keep up on, on your protein powders, things like that. You can have powdered milk. You can get all assortments of dehydrated, freeze-dried, all of these canned goods, multiple ass assortments. You can also make your own soups. You can add, you know, get the different vegetables. Uh, you can get chopped peppers or peas or anything else that you want to put in a soup. Well, Suzanne, what do we do with the stock? Well, here's a better idea. Rather than buying all those bouillon cubes, I have just one of these. It's a very large, it's um, nor, it's just chicken favored, flavored bouillon. And it is by the, uh, I think I've got how much of this? 2.2 pounds of this. Again, if you want to squirrel stuff away in smaller spots, get smaller jars of those or get the little cubes. If you know you're going to be going, taking a drive or something, put four or five of those in there and then have some of these things in some water when you're traveling. Let's share some of the comments. Go okay. ahead, Jeff. I just want to jump in on this uh, bullion stuff. One thing nice about those cubes, and if you're going to be out packing in, uh, in the wilderness for whatever reason, if you want to put something in that will help you warm up and you take your little, um, your little stove while you're backpacking, heat your water up, you can use bullion cubes to make a, a broth that will help warm you up on the, if you're out, like we used to hike on Rabbit Ear Pass in Colorado in the winter, and we'd hike up in there and ski. We'd and camp overnight and just ski the passes up there um, all winter long. We did that on the weekends. Those bullion cubes would be a quick way to warm up on those cold nights after you got done skiing, and, and it got cold up there on the, on the hill. Yeah. And you know what? You can open some of those cans that you have and, and throw some peas or, or corn or string beans or anything else that you want to put in there and then pour it all in and, and make it all at once. And uh, Andrew is saying, I have one of those sonic anti-rodent devices plugged into the pantry. Works great. I've never used that. I got some cats instead. <laughs> but uh, anything you can do to do that. And Dulce is saying, I like the flavored tuna pouches. And she's raising a really good point here. Dave Holliday, who if you're not familiar with bushcrafting, he is the legend. He found a very expired tuna pouch when he was hiking. And he said it was still good. It is important to rotate your supplies. If something says it's expired, don't panic, don't throw it out. The odds are it's still going to be very good. I think that's more of a something for the stores and the industry's benefit than it is for us. Is there anything else you want to um, talk about with preps in your pantry? Not in the pantry. Uh, when we get to some other things, I do have some other ideas. Okay. Now, if you do <clears throat> have a small house and don't have a lot of room indoors, but let's say you're in a single family dwelling and not in a multiple family dwelling like apartments or condos, you might have a yard. If you have a yard, maybe grow some of your food out there. We're always talking about growing. You can have all the lettuce you need right in your backyard. It's not taking up room in the house. If you have a small yard, you can set up even a mini garden shed or something like that. And if the climate is favorable, store some of these food supplies. Now, when you store something like that outside, you have to take particular care to make sure that the animals stay out of it. And uh, we're going to take a quick break for our friends at Anchor, and we'll be right back. Tonight, that it won't end 
you were gone That you had moved on But you're here on my caller ID I'm not surprised Your delusional mind thinks It might be alright to call me all right, everybody, welcome back. This is a Red Hot Chili Prepper episode number 36. Jeff Johnson and I are talking about storing your preps when you have very limited space available. And uh, we were talking about food in the last segment. And uh, where we left off was if you can garden, if you have some room outside, you can grow some of your food and that's less that you have to store and less that you have to keep in the house, less that you have to run to the store to purchase. Think about the function and necessity that you are going to get from these foods versus your available space. Sometimes the the envelopes of food might be better. I have freeze-dried containers as well of food, a variation. Jeff, you're going to have a quick caveat on that. I have some blogs. If you go to SuzanneCSherman.com to organize your food, being organized is really critical. Read the article I have on there, The Well-Stocked Pantry. It is so important to focus on what's going to be useful as opposed to what's simply going to be there and not consumed. If you go by the instructions we have on the well-stocked pantry, you will have the building blocks available to cook almost anything you need. And then think about the meats and the other stuff that you have on hand that you would like to have. Jeff, I think you also wanted to make a comment on gardening. And earlier, you also had another comment. We wanted to have a caveat about these freeze-dried foods. Yeah. I have Weiss. I don't, you know, you have to find one that's right for you. Speaking about gardening, if you go on to Facebook Marketplace, you might be able to find a bunch of old windows that someone's trying to get rid of maybe for free or for a very low price. And you might be able to build a frame uh, up against your house on a south facing uh, on the south facing exposure and build yourself a little box greenhouse against your house. It'll extend your growing season. And if you need to, if you make it long enough, you might have even be able to put a little cubby in there and be able to store some of your stuff there, which you started to say. But if I'm just going to take it a little step further and talk and say to get a little greenhouse, buy some $5 windows off of the marketplace. Put some windows, build a frame, put the windows in it, and you can grow food for a much longer time during the season. You know, the two of the windows in my greenhouse finally blew out. So we're adding now this piezo activated arm that will automatically open and vent the greenhouse when it's hot. So I'm looking forward to that. I will have pictures and show how it's working and maybe get something in the greenhouse this year. Like I said, this year gardening is a disaster. I own it. It is what it is. Dulce has a great point, And this ties in with the stuff we talk about. Work with your friends. Cooperate. You know, if you don't have the room in your house for something, you might have a neighbor that has some storage space. Hey, how about if I teach you how to prep and we combine our, our stuff, or maybe I keep some of them at your house in exchange for something else, maybe some fresh produce that I'm growing in my garden or my greenhouse or some eggs from my chickens. But Dulce, here, this, this really uh, touches on that build a community aspect that we try to you know, really drive home that point. 
And she says here, I wonder if it's worth it to go in on a home food freeze dryer with a friend or two and do a co-op of sorts. What do you think? Yes, Dulce, you need to move up here, live in my guest house. We will go have these on a harvest right and freeze dry our lives away. But, yeah. you know, our good friend Phil Clark out in Vernal had said when our peaches come in, he said, yeah, bring the peaches out here, freeze dry them at my house. Just give me half. That's perfect. He's invested thousands of dollars on this. I'm just picking peaches and I get to drive out there and hang out. That, work with your friends. Combine these efforts. Share. Go in halves. It's a great idea to combine resources. You might not have the storage space. They might, and you both use it. It's a fantastic idea. Dulce, thank you very much for that comment. Anything else, Jeff? No, I just think that the freeze dryer is a great idea. And that is one of those very expensive preps. I mean, you mm -hmm. are, unless you're fairly wealthy, you're not going to just walk out tomorrow and spend three or $4,000 on a freeze dryer. I can't do that. Maybe someone else can. Another thought on that is get a dehydrator. Dehydrate some of those fruits and some mm -hmm. of that meat. Uh, dehydrators are much more reasonable. Most people can go to the store and buy a dehydrator today. Here's the other thing. They are you can get some pretty compact dehydrators. So if you are really limited on space, a dehydrator might work better because you can get very small ones and just do multiple batches to get the same effect as a freeze dryer. Is the yeah. freeze dryer uh, better? Absolutely. But uh, is your budget your budget? Yes. You know, I, I wrote a blog on getting started. This was as a as a re response to Andrew's question, how can you get started on $250 or less on prepping? A freeze dryer ain't on that list, <laughs> so just so you know. Jeff, let's move on to water with one admonition. Water is important, right. and it also is important to consider if you are using food like yeah. this, these freeze-dried foods, these processed foods, they're really good to have on hand. Be aware they are chock full of sodium. Yeah. When you are drinking sodium or eating sodium, foods with sodium, you are going to need a lot of water. You need water to process protein. Water is important to have. If you have any kind of medical condition where you have to be on a sodium-free or highly reduced sodium diet, that's one of the reasons I love pressure canning. It really um, can take into, uh, it can accommodate those kind of issues. So think about this. This is not meant to be your mainstay. This is something you throw in your diet once in a while. Yes, that's where I was just going to say, before we jump into water, let me go back to that caveat we had on those. And you kind of hit on it with the sodium. But you have to consider this though as well. In a uh, disaster type situation, you may be going through a lot more sodium than you realize. So mm -hmm. you will probably process that sodium and do very well with the exception of people that are probably on uh, blood pressure medication some of them may not be able to tolerate the that added sodium in those so just know what you is right for you and i want to go back to one thing i we talked about but i didn't get to mention it before we moved to water a lot of people you know you're talking about having protein now i have a whole bunch of about the size of number 10 cans of chicken and beef uh, that I bought, it was freeze dried and it's packaged in about number 10 cans. So you're going to say, well, you know, you got this box with six big number 10 cans. I can't put those in my closet. I, if you have your couch against a wall, I bet you all those cans will fit right behind that couch in that space between the wall and the couch. Be creative. 
find a spot that you can put those number 10 cans. And those number 10 cans contain a lot of meals of chicken and beef. So, if, and, and is, it that, is that what you're going to want to start with? No, you're going to want to start with canning your elk, your deer, uh, whatever. If you have chickens and you have to uh, butcher some chickens, you can do, put chicken in them. You'll want to use your regular protein first. But when things get tight, you may have to pop into those uh, number 10 cans and get your protein from there. Yeah. And another thing too, when you're buying those food buckets, I, I've got about six of them. Don't waste your time or your money or your space on the ones that say full 72 hour meal kit. What they're going to sell you is a very expensive little envelopes full of oatmeal and call it breakfast. And then a couple tablespoons of powdered drink like Tang that they call an orange flavored drink. Don't waste your money on that. I got complete full meals, stuff like this. This one is, um, let's see, creamy a la king and rice and uh, teriyaki and rice. I mean, just all sorts of these chili macaroni. Very, very good variety. Another way to do it is to is to just get the entrees or just get meats. I have one also that is just beef and just chicken. Again, then I can reach out, grab the bouillon, grab some of the other freeze-dried in, in those cans, all the vegetables, and put together what you need. Jeff, should we talk water now? In a limited space, I was actually visiting a friend of mine in New England, and I was really trying to get these people into preparedness because... It was in high density housing, a lot of the houses, you know, common walls on either side. I said, you really need to get some water. You need to get some food here. I have no room for it. That was just the default answer. And I'm looking around thinking, my goodness, I see a ton of space to squirrel stuff away in here. But they never, they decided to never do it. And whenever a storm was coming up or something, I'd hear, oh, I just went out and got so-and-so. What if you can't get out and get it? have something at the house. There's really no excuse to do it. Water takes up a lot of space. Another problem with trying to store water is if you think you're going to go out and buy all those little gallon containers of water, have you noticed, Jeff, is it just me or does that plastic and even plastic water bottles seem like they are made much more thin these days? The plastic is very flimsy. I had a bunch of those stored. They all leaked. It was absolutely away. So I store a few of them at a time, but not a lot of them. So an alternative would be if you have very limited space, I would absolutely recommend at least having five or 10 of those gallon bottles if you can do that or some water bottles that you can squir squirrel away. Um, a plastic bladder that when you need it will go into the bathtub if you know a big storm's coming, if you know something's happening, uh, regardless if there's been a natural disaster, man-made disaster, whatever, and you need to hunker down, get that and fill it up while you still have water. When it's empty, it takes up hardly any space. It's just something that's flat that you can put anywhere. Have the water. We talk about disinfecting water, which is different from simply filtering it. If you need to disinfect your water rather than trying to keep around a bunch of bottles of bleach in case you need it for water, have something smaller, um, a, a package of pool shock. I was at a survival um, class and they said a, a, a bag of pool shock can disinfect about 100,000 gallons of water. Have some of that on hand. 
iodine tincture, iodine tablets, water purification tablets, far less space than trying to purify um, using a big bottle of bleach. And that's if you have a reliable source of water. I have a spring-fed stream running right behind my house, so I can filter it and I can disinfect it. Have a water filter on hand. If you know you don't have to store a lot of water and you're going to be fil uh, filtering it, pick one or make your own. In the Lost Frontier Handbook, I tell you exactly how to do that. So there are ways to do that. And if you have a means by which you can continue to acquire water, you just need to filter it, then that will be enough for you. And then if you don't and you're in a small space, other than having maybe five or 10 of those bottles around or a bunch of little bottles that you could put anywhere, have that bathtub water bladder and you'll be glad you had it. No, I think in another show we discussed those bladders and I don't mm -hmm. remember the brand. Uh, we will find it and uh, we'll post it up on uh, Red Hot Chili Prepper sometime. Soon we yeah. find it. Let's take a break for our musical sponsor, Roxanne. Jeff, I have to say I'm delighted with what you've been doing with the bumper music and incorporating that in there. We're going to let people know how you can actually acquire some of that music that you hear on our show. We'll be right back after we hear from Roxanne. And your mind then left you behind I told you the tables would turn Now don't look to me for sympathy Cause baby that bridge has been burned Don't try to explain the dead and the pain Like always your words are just hollow I'm done with it all You make my skin crawl The truth is a hard pill to Music for this program has been brought to you by Roxanne, courtesy of Rat Pack Records. Radio Silence is the album and is available on Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, RatPackRecordsAmerica.com, and RoxanneBand.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Red Hot Chili Prepper podcast. Jeff Johnson and myself, I'm Suzanne Sherman. We're talking about storing your preps when you have very little space available where you live. Get creative. I want to share with you some commentary. Um, you know, I have friends, like I say, they, they're they listening in, but I don't hear from them. But then I hear a private message. A friend of mine called me when I he found out that I was doing this show and said, you know, I did my mission, this was one of my LDS friends in Taiwan, and he said in those places, these people are living in very, very dense situations there, very crowded conditions where you really don't have the space available for food. And what he said was the way they got food, they just walked down to the market. The markets are, are everywhere. So you can get everything you need, fresh, fresh fish, 
fresh everything. He said, it's all available right there. And then he said, until it's not. And he was there during the Tiananmen uh, crisis when uh, they had that at Tiananmen Square. And as things were heating up, he went and bought a bag of rice in a store and all the locals started screaming at him for buying this food. They said, he was, they were telling me, you're an American, you can leave. We're stuck here, leave the food for us. And Jeff, this ties into what we say when we hear people say, don't combine preparedness and politics. You must be aware of the political conditions in an area where you are traveling. I don't care if it's for a mission, if it's for business, if it's for recreation. I'm watching a show right now. I believe it's on, um, anyway, I'm watching a show. It's called Race to the Center of the Earth. And four teams are, are competing to get to one spot from different continents. And the couple that's in Latin America got caught up in these riots that were going on over hikes in the um, subway rates, the rates for the fees to get on the train. So uh, the whole place was in pandemonium and chaos, and they had to have an emergency evacuation plan put into effect. So be aware of the situations and plan accordingly. If you have to travel, Jeff, we talked about um, that the the train that was stuck in Oregon in the wintertime. These are some things I opened this little tote. If you have a motorhome or a camper or want to put this under the bed, this little tote here is about seven inches high and about 20 by, I don't know, 12 inches. And I can get that. That will fit under a bed. But what I also found in there, just little packs. You can't see this, obviously, if you are uh, listening on Anchor. But these are just little packs. They're about two by three inches wide of um, vitamin C. Uh, here's another one. Almond, maple, almond butter. And then here are just little packets of instant coffee. Um, is it the best coffee you're ever going to have? No, but it's something and you can bring it with you. Because my friend said also, you know, traveling, when you're traveling, you don't know if you're going to get stuck. We've talked about that before. So let's talk a little bit about being creative in your home here. Jeff, you had a good one about putting, the, about putting some of these items behind a sofa. I would submit to you. Some of these can even go under a mattress. I probably, maybe not under a sofa because it might be, you know, noisy or you're going to hear that um, under, but some of the stuff you can put under a mattress in your bed. If, it, if you have other things under the bed, small, flat items can be stored under there. This package, it's very flat of seeds. I have survival seeds, high protein garden kit, survival seeds kit. If I have a means by which to grow this, even in a small apartment, our good friend Andrew is growing tomatoes and basil in a little in-home in, um, in growing tent with uh, grow lights. So if you have room for that or a little closet or a spare bedroom that you're not using, that's a way to grow some food. Or if you are sharing garden space with a neighbor, you already have the seeds. It takes no space to store. I've seen people make... Um, you can, we're talking about under the bed, Jeff, you can actually make your bed frame or something to put the mattress on using a bunch of, of, of food buckets. You can get those five gallon buckets, eight gallon buckets, make sure they're all the same size that you make that as your platform for your bed. And then you can just take a piece of plywood and put the mattress on top. But that kind of reminds me, Jeff, if you're going to buy a piece of plywood that big, you might just spend the money on getting a bigger house at this rate for what they're charging for lumber these days. 
But, you know, you can then you can have um, a bed skirt or you can take some pieces of wood or other material and cover that up so nobody knows that's under there. So you can either do it by, uh, you know, by cloth. I've seen people make uh, end tables or store things under end tables or a kitchen table and just cover it up with a large tablecloth. On my, um, there was an article I wrote for Survival Dispatch where we talked about raising livestock. If you live in a high rise apartment and you can't get out and get your own food, you can have these cages for animals that are quiet and relatively uh, clean, like either rats or guinea pigs or rabbits. And then if somebody comes, you just put the you just put the uh, tablecloth over or whatever it is, their decorative cloth, anything like that. And you can store your preps or your critters under there. But that's utilizing your space in a very creative manner that people don't know. You can put shelves above doorways and put something there. And it can be something that's also decorative. Uh, there are also waterproof uh, containers that you can bury in your garden. I don't recommend having a spot. I mean, you, you read a lot of those preparedness, you know, those uh, post-APOC novels, Jeff, where somebody goes out into the, you know, the, oh, oh yeah, we've got directions and here's a big stash of, of all the guns and all the radios, everything's charged and ready to go and all the food we need right there. Keep it at your house. <laughs> keep it at your house right there. Um, so those, those are things you can do if you have to bury it, just make sure nobody is seeing you doing that. So organize Jeff, do you want to, before I jump into the closet stuff here, do you want to add anything? Yes. This is going to be a little bit expensive. If you have a, a house and you have a little bit of property, say you have a quarter acre or half an acre you might just buy yourself a yard shed. We have the Amish around here that make these, and you know, they're about a grand. And uh, mine's like 10 by 12. That's a lot of storage. So, you know, if you are just at a, you have a one-bedroom house on a, on a quarter acre, if you buy yourself a garden shed, uh, a lot of people just think you have your lawnmower in there, and they're never going to look in there for anything. Mine has a padlock on it. But, you know, the fact of the matter is you can just put stuff outside if you have to. It would have to be stuff that's not going to freeze. That's the only problem. Yeah, yeah. And you might want to make it look like it's not very inviting, you know, make kind of make it look like it's neglected out there and people just don't have to know uh, what you have there. And also be mindful. It's not an optimal place to store if you pressure canned food or any kind of foods that need to be in a cool, dark place. So keep that keep that in mind as well. I love the idea of making a, a platform for a mattress if you're going to do that, putting shelves above the doors. And then just go dink around on any website that sells stuff, whatever one that you like, or go to one of those stores that sells space-saving stuff and just look and see what they have. Just, I was dinking around on there today, Jeff, and you know, toilet paper takes up a lot of space. And as we know, People were, were hoarding that up. You can go in there if you don't have a lot of space and get one of those decorative containers to stack it on. And you can put that right by the toilet. They have all these smaller cabinets that you can squirrel away in your bathroom or in your room or in your closet to give you additional storage space. So stuff like that. And then um, let's see, organize things like your closet. Um, if you have a lot of clothes that you wear seasonally, put them in vacuum bags. That will save you a lot of space. And then also get those hangers 
that you can hang on one hanger, multiple shirts, multiple belts, multiple pairs of pants, shoe racks, you know, those shoe racks that fold down, those cloth shoe racks. You can hang those in your closet. You can hang those on any door and put medical supplies, things that are smaller in there, spices if you don't have a lot of room for that. So you can get creative. There are no rules, but dink around on any of those sites and look for, and, and just Google space containing or space saving. And you will find all sorts. I've, I've organized my spice rack so I can get more, um, get that more organized and have more room for things like that. So um, that kind of way. Also, finally, there's, we're just touching on up on this, but we'll, we'll get back to this and do more. But when we talk about um, getting creative, get creative with how you use your items. Focus on items that have multiple uses. Going back to toilet paper, at the time you're finally going to run out, but you are able to get some water. I also like to store water in empty shampoo containers, uh, dish soap containers, any kind of containers like that. Just pour water when they're empty. That water will already be soaked up and ready for you to use. So you don't have to compromise your drinking water for hygiene purposes. Speaking of hygiene, when the toilet paper is no longer available, store some wipes. Store some wipes. They're compact. That will get you through some time. Also, get a... Um, one of those weed sprayers. It's one of those, you know, you can put five gallons of um, weed killer in there. Instead of doing that, put some soapy water and have that <clears throat> for cleanup after a uh, special um, bathroom needs. And that's also a way to uh, keep yourself clean. You can also use that for mini showers, something like that. Speaking of mini showers, uh, our good friend Dulce had a great one. I've seen many of these out when we were at our gatherings. They have a little pop-up tent and you just put the, the things in there. So if you know that you're going to be without water for a while, have something like that. You just put the water in a, in a black bucket and you have a nice warm shower at the end of the day. So um, loving the comments that we're getting in here. This is really good. Think about using items for multiple purposes food items, things like baking soda, things like vinegar, you can combine those together and make a really nice uh, cleaner. So um, things like that, uh, activated charcoal, you can brush your teeth with activated charcoal. It's good for treating if somebody's ingested poison. Um, it's used, it's good for making a water filter. I also have a big garbage can full of just, uh, of just charcoal and oils. I have coconut oil. That's good for taking care of your teeth. You can use it as a base. I want to do a show about dental care, making your own products. I make my own with uh, diatomaceous earth, baking soda. Diatomaceous earth is also really good in the gardens. It's good for pet uh, flea control on your pets. So the coconut oil, great for your skin, great for your teeth. It's a moisturizer and also great for cooking. You don't have to refrigerate it. You can use it as a replacement for butter. And finally, Jeff, our last show, we talked about items that are seem to be somewhat obsolete now. They're going to be really essential later. We talked about books. If you don't have a lot of room for books, you don't have a lot of room for all the, the you know, how-to books or just to keep yourself entertained, get every single one you can free. Just get the download ebooks. You know, you can get um, a lot of ebooks for free, no problem. Get yourself also, well, when the power goes out, that doesn't do me. I know, I get it. But if you just have them downloaded and then you have a little solar charger, that'll keep you occupied for a while. You might not have a lot of room for, heaven knows, all the books like I have. Um, 
but that's a good way to also have a lot of, of um, information, something that can keep you uh, entertained and busy and is not going to take any more space than a tablet. Anything you want to wrap up with, Jeff? I am good. I don't have anything okay. else to add at this point. We pretty much covered everything we discussed about covering. Yeah. Dulce did ask a question. Will vacuum sealing open medications help them last longer? You know, I'm I'm not going to go into that area, particularly because there could be some that don't do well once they're open after a certain amount of time. So um, because some yes. of these medications can be life or death, I'm reticent. There are there. some that there are some antibiotics that when they go bad, they are toxic. So you have to know what is good to save and what is not good to save. And that is something that uh, neither of us are pharmacists. So I doubt that it's a good idea for us to even make suggestions on that. Yeah. Now I have a lot of the NSAIDs, some painkillers and things like that, and antibiotics, not the ones like tetracycline that'll go toxic. Um, in my preps, I, I have a separate, I got a little dresser, a six drawer dresser. I also use one of those food buckets. You know how they talk about food buckets because I take some out and put them in totes. I will use the food bucket for something else. I have a food bucket first aid kit. If I go off in my RV somewhere, I just grab that whole thing and it goes with me. So it's easy to use being creative. You know, that brings in two things, being creative and multiple purposes for a single item. So any of these can be turned, converted into go bags, something that's ready to go or something that you just keep in your vehicle. So I hope everybody found this information helpful. I love talking about this stuff. Jeff is uh, also very good at this. And I think this is kind of our, our favorite topics. I will put together a, um, a blog tying this all together in an organized fashion for everybody this weekend. And it will be up on SuzanneCSherman.com. By the way, when you're there on the homepage is a donate button. Why don't you go hit that button and help us out. Really, really appreciate everybody joining us today. Thank you for those that have joined. Jeff, thank you for doing this on a Friday evening. Thank you so much for listening. This has been the Red Hot Chili Prepper. 